Wonderful night for a story, isn't it? Hello, dreamers, and thank you for joining me for tonight's episode of Dream on Demand. The show dedicated to testing Dream Corp's newest bedtime stories to see which tales put you to sleep the fastest. I'm your host and your sleepy Sahara Sultan, Somnia. Last time, our little rabbit went from top banana to bottom of the barrel and back to the favorite of his little owner. But before we jump back in, we have an announcement. I would like to remind everyone that Midnight Tonight is DreamCorp's 75th anniversary. It was right here where Danny M. invented Dream Liquid. And with it, provided dreams at a time when sleep was in short supply. To commemorate, the cafeteria will be serving mooncakes and chocolate chip cookies at tomorrow's lunch. Why chocolate chip cookies, you ask? Well, because they were Danny's favorite. He used to remark, Every time I take a bite of a cookie, I remember all the people who were and were not before 1939 and never tasted the sugary dough and complex chocolate morsels in a cookie. And so in their remembrance, I take another bite. <laughs> also, next week is the last week to submit your employee story submissions. Help us finish this month strong with your story. But alas, let us continue The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams Bianco. Springtime. You must have your old bunny, she said. Fancy all that fuss for a toy. The boy sat up in bed and stretched out his hands. Give me my bunny, he said. You mustn't say that. He isn't a toy. He's real. When the little rabbit heard that, he was happy. For he knew that what the skin horse had said was true at last. The nursery magic had happened to him. And he was a toy no longer. He was real. The boy himself had said it. That night, he was almost too happy to sleep, and so much love stirred in his little sawdust heart that it almost burst. And into his boot-button eyes that had long ago lost their polish, there came a look of wisdom and beauty, so that even Nana noticed it next morning when she picked him up and said, I do declare if that old bunny hasn't got quite a knowing expression. That was a wonderful summer. Near the house where they lived, there was a wood, and in the long June evenings, the boy liked to go there after tea to play. He took the velveteen rabbit with him, and before he wandered off to pick flowers or play at brigands among the trees, he always made the rabbit a little nest somewhere among the bracken, where he would be quite cozy 
for he was a kind-hearted little boy, and he liked Bunny to be comfortable. One evening, while the rabbit was lying there alone, watching the ants that ran to and fro between his velvet paws in the grass, he saw two strange beings creep out of the tall bracken near him. They were rabbits like himself, but quite furry and brand new. They must have been very well made, for the seams didn't show at all. And they changed shape in a queer way when they moved. One minute they were long and thin, and the next minute fat and bunchy, instead of always staying the same like he did. Their feet padded softly on the ground, and they crept quite close to him, twitching their noses, while the rabbit stared hard to see which side the clockwork stuck out, for he knew that people who jump generally have something to wind them up. But he couldn't see it. They were evidently a new kind of rabbit altogether. Summer Days They stared at him, and the little rabbit stared back, and all the time their noses twitched. Why don't you get up and play with us? one of them asked. I don't feel like it, said the rabbit, for he didn't want to explain that he had no clockwork. Oh, said the furry rabbit, it's as easy as anything. And he gave a big hop sideways and stood on his hind legs. I don't believe you can, he said. I can, said the little rabbit. I can jump higher than anything. He meant when the boy threw him, but of course he didn't want to say so. Can you hop on your hind legs? asked the furry rabbit. That was a dreadful question, for the velveteen rabbit had no hind legs at all. The back of him was made all in one place, like a pincushion. He sat still in the bracken and hoped that the other rabbits wouldn't notice. I, I don't want to, he said again. But the wild rabbits have very sharp eyes. And this one stretched out his neck and looked. He hasn't got any hind legs, he called out. Fancy a rabbit without any hind legs. And he began to laugh. I have, cried the little rabbit. I have got hind legs. I'm sitting on them. Then stretch them out and show me, like this, said the wild rabbit. And he began to whirl around and dance, till the little rabbit was quite dizzy. I don't like dancing, he said. I'd rather sit still. But all the while he was longing to dance, for a funny new tickly feeling ran through him and he felt he would give anything in the world to be able to jump about like these rabbits did. The strange rabbit stopped dancing, and he came quite close. He came so close this time that his long whiskers brushed the velveteen rabbit's ear. And then he wrinkled his nose suddenly and flattened his ears and jumped backwards. He doesn't smell right, he explained. He isn't a rabbit at all. He isn't real. I am real, said the little rabbit. I am real. The boy said so. And he nearly began to cry. 
Just then, there was a sound of footsteps, and the boy ran past near them. And with a stamp of feet and a flash of white tails, the two strange rabbits disappeared. Come back and play with me, called the little rabbit. Oh, do come back. I know I am real. But there was no answer. And the little ants ran to and fro, and the bracken swayed gently where the two strangers had passed. The velveteen rabbit was all alone. Oh, dear, he thought. Why did they run away like that? Why couldn't they stop and talk to me? For a long time he lay very still, watching the bracken and hoping that they would come back. But they never returned, and presently the sun sank lower and the little white moths fluttered about, and the boy came and carried him home. Weeks passed, and the little rabbit grew very old and shabby, but the boy loved him just as much. He loved him so hard that he loved all his whiskers off, and the pink lining to his ears turned gray, and his brown spots faded. He even began to lose his shape, and he scarcely looked like a rabbit anymore, except to the boy. To him, he was always beautiful, and that was all the little rabbit cared about. He didn't mind how he looked to other people, because the nursery magic had made him real. And when you are real, shabbiness doesn't matter. And then, one day, the boy was ill. His face grew very flushed, and he talked in his sleep, and the little boy was so hot that it burned the rabbit when he held him close. Strange people came and went in the nursery, and a light burned all night. And through it all, the little velveteen rabbit lay there, hidden from sight under the bedclothes, and he never stirred for he was afraid that if they found him, someone might take him away, and he knew that the boy needed him. It was a long, weary time, for the boy was too ill to play, and the little rabbit found it rather dull, with nothing to do all day long. But he snuggled down patiently, and looked forward to the time when the boy should be well again, and they would go out in the garden amongst the flowers and the butterflies, and play splendid games in the raspberry thicket like they used to. All sorts of delightful things he planned, and while the boy lay half asleep, he crept up close to the pillow and whispered them in his ear. And presently, the fever turned, and the boy got better. He was able to sit up in bed and look at picture books while the little rabbit cuddled close at his side. And one day, they let him get up and dress. It was a bright, sunny morning, and the windows stood wide open. They had carried the boy out on the balcony, wrapped in a shawl, and the little rabbit lay tangled up among the bedclothes, thinking. The boy was going to the seaside tomorrow. Everything was arranged, and now it only remained to carry out the doctor's orders. They talked about it all and while the little rabbit lay under the bedclothes with just his head peeping out, 
and listened. The room was to be disinfected, and all the books and toys that the boy had played with in bed must be burnt. Hurrah, said the little rabbit. Tomorrow we shall go to the seaside. For the boy had often talked of the seaside, and he wanted very much to see the big waves coming in, and the tiny crabs, and the sand castles. Just then, Nana caught sight of him. What about his old bunny? she asked. That, said the doctor. Why, it's a mass of scarlet fever germs. Burn it at once. What? Nonsense. Get him a new one. He mustn't have that anymore. Uh-oh. Seems we left the story on a cliffhanger. Hold on there, V-Rabbit. I'm sure he'll figure a way out next time. Huh? I see some of you didn't quite reach your dream palace. Was V-Rabbit meeting real rabbits too riveting? Or perhaps the chipper imagery of summer didn't quite have the anticipated effect? Nevertheless, as is mandatory for all DreamCorp employees, don't forget to fill out that comment form and let us know what delayed your arrival to that dream destination. If there aren't any comment boxes nearby, please tweet the corporate handle instead at DreamCorp Inc. That's Dream, C-O-R-P, I-N-C. Anything will help DreamCorp improve for a better tomorrow night. But if you're already dreaming of that palace, hmm. this has been Dream On Demand. To all my dreamers, 99.